And so, having sent His Son to fulfill the work of the cross, to give us the very gospel to preach, He needed a man to preach it. Who would that man be? What would His qualifications be? Who would we choose and select for such a task? Well, the answer is obvious, and we know from the chapter we have read tonight that that choice of God's sovereign purpose was the outstanding character and figure Paul the Apostle. Above all men, above all the other apostles combined, this one man was the choice vessel of the Lord to take the gospel to spread Christianity so that within decades it would be and permeate every corner of Roman civilization. And welcome to Let the Bible Speak. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. We're on the air again today to bring you the message of the gospel of our Lord Jesus. And I trust that you will be encouraged as we read the scriptures, preach the word, and tell forth the good news of the gospel of our Lord Jesus. We begin here today with our Bible reading from Matthew 5, 33 to 37, all about telling the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Hear the words of the Lord Jesus from the Sermon on the Mount. And ye have heard that it hath been said by them of old time, Thou shalt not forswear thyself, but shalt perform unto the Lord thine oaths. But I say unto you, Swear not at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by the earth, for it is his footstool, neither by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Neither shalt thou swear by thy head, because thou canst not make one hair white or black. But let your communication be, Yea, yea, nay, nay. For whatsoever is more than these cometh of evil. Our Bible reading is short today, but what a punch it has. This whole matter of swearing by anything around you. Now, I think most people know that we're not to take the Lord's name in vain. But here you'll notice that you're not to swear by anything of God's creation, whether it be a holy building whether it be your head, or whether it even be the earth. And, of course, this comes into the whole realm of swearing, profaning, and of perjury, and of making oaths that you don't intend to keep. Now, this is what the Lord Jesus was addressing in his day. This was a terrible habit, a sinful habit, which many Jews had fallen into in his day, that they would swear by these common things and thereby trying to impress men of their sincerity. But in reality, it was a grief to God and they were perjuring their own souls. Now, all of this is a matter of truth. Yes, the Christian, the disciple of the Lord Jesus, is to be marked by truth. We are to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Now, that's not just in the uh, stand in court before a judge. 
That is, every day, every hour, and indeed every word that we utter. We are to speak the truth at all times. We are to speak that which we know to be true and which in a manner that it conveys truth to others. Jesuitry is the art of communicating half-truths or only part of the truth. If you look up any Bible, uh, not only a Bible diction, but even a regular dictionary or an encyclopedia on the term Jesuitry, you will find that that is the art of deception by not actually telling the lie, but making the listener to think of a lie as you speak. And it is a very crafty manner of speaking, and it is to sell out the truth. That is not what the Christian is to do, and that which the Lord denounces right here in his word. Not by the earth, for it is his footstool, neither by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king, neither shalt thou swear by thy head, because thou canst not make one hair white or black. But let your communication be yea, yea, nay, nay, for whatsoever is more than these cometh of evil. And such is the scheming subtlety of the human heart that when you get into the habit of of intending more or intending less by simple, plain words that the hearer conceives and understands to be real, literal words, then we become a deceiver. Now, that is all a matter of our testimony. We are to be known as people of truth. The Christian is to be a on guard and to stand for truth. It's a matter of your testimony. How will ever anyone listen to the message of the gospel if you're not known for speaking the truth? Now, we're to do so in love, of course, because the truth very often can hurt. Sometimes the truth can be a very difficult message to uh, the person who is in the wrong or who needs to be corrected or who needs to be taught the word of God. But nevertheless, we are to speak truth in our homes, in our workplace, in our business dealings, and in the house of God, and of course in the ministry of preaching the word of God. We're to speak the truth, and every gospel minister is to be a man known for speaking the truth. Now this becomes a test to us. Yea, yea, nay, nay. That's, that's it. That's the test. Did we speak it clearly? Did we put it in the affirmative and in the negative that people will be uh, without a shadow of doubt what was the truth? And so here the Lord Jesus rebukes that subtlety of heart and again, he is raising the bar, tell, showing that uh, deception is not just telling a lie uh, in a very straightforward manner, but subtle deception. And we are, the law of God searches out the heart. It is that mirror which shows the deceptions, the wickedness, the very 
intent of deception in the heart, and uh, it shows that we are sinful. Now, who amongst us can say that we have never told a lie? We have never led someone uh, to be deceived. Well, therein we realize that we are sinners, that we are in need of the cleansing power of the gospel, that we need the Lord to save us. Every one of us are in need of a Savior because we are sinners. We have sinned against God, and we need the cleansing power of Jesus' blood. And here he is on the Sermon on the Mount using the law as a mirror. It is the Lord using that mirror as a, uh, the law as a mirror, as a school teacher to bring us to Christ. And I trust that today that if you realize that you have sinned and broken that law, that you will run to the Lord Jesus and find in him mercy and peace and grace through the Lord Jesus. Thank you for listening to us here today on Let the Bible Speak, and I trust that this word has been a blessing to your soul. Let's unite together in prayer, and we'll ask for the Lord to minister to our heart as we uh, contemplate this need to be men and women of truth. Gracious God, we have heard thy voice in thy word today. We realize that we are not merely called to speak the truth, but to speak it at all times, lest we deceive, lest we lead anyone into confusion or error, that we are our brother's keeper, that we are to guard not only our own souls, but the souls of others. And we are to be uh, watching out for those that are in danger of falling. And so we pray that thou wilt guard our lips, our mouths, our hearts and minds, and that we may be equipped to speak thy truth, and that we may defend the truth with all our hearts. We know that the devil is a liar, he is the deceiver, and he goeth about seeking to destroy by deception. And he maketh his ministers angels of light, that they might deceive. But grant that we might be ministers of true light, that we might be warnings and beacons to those in danger of their souls. And we pray that your word would find an entrance into their hearts. O God, we pray that you'll minister in great grace to shine the light of thy truth into the hearts of men and women and young people today. We pray for the comfort of thy spirit and the work of thy grace in every heart. We pray that you'll cheer the lonely, that thou wilt fill that empty place. Thou wilt give thy spirit the joy of the Holy Ghost to minister to the hearts of thy people. We know that the Lord Jesus died that we might have life and life more abundantly. Grant that even today we may live in that abundance of life in Christ Jesus. And now be with us through this day, and may thy grace be poured into us. These things we ask and pray through that most precious name, the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen.
And thank you for joining with us here on Let the Bible Speak. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. A joy to be on the air each day to bring you the message of the gospel. And here on our program, we keep to the Bible. We open the scriptures. We seek to set before you the way of God's salvation very simply and clearly. If we can be of any further personal help as you seek to know the Lord, to know the way of God's salvation, feel free to call us here, please. We want to be your servants and we want to help you and guide you in the pathway to know the Lord. You may be interested in our quarterly magazine called Let the Bible Speak Quarterly. And there are articles of interest and doctrinal messages as well as missionary stories that will be of interest to you. We will be happy to send this to you each issue. And uh, you just phone in or write in with your name address and we'll be glad to get this to you. So may the Lord encourage your heart, help you, strengthen you, guide you, and be with you. And I trust that today as we move now to the message on the Apostle Paul, this is part three of this first uh, section on the appreciation of the Apostle Paul, what a man he was, a man of power, a man of great stature, and the very signal instrument of God in the planting of New Testament churches. And God always raises up a man for the task. And here was one especially equipped, specially educated, and uh, given the power to suffer for Jesus' sake. And that's something you have to consider here, that Paul was told from the very beginning the, the many things that he must suffer for the Lord's namesake as he would preach the gospel. And every servant of God has to be prepared to suffer the indignities of men and to endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And so I trust you'll stay with us now as we turn to our message from Acts 9 on appreciating the Apostle Paul. In chapter 25, we find him standing before Festus, the procurator. In the next chapter, he is before Agrippa, a king so-called of Judea. And he contends again for the faith. And in chapter 28, he's in Rome because he appealed to Caesar. And by appealing to Caesar, he didn't actually save his life because Nero was merciless. He was more of a beast than a man. And Paul ended up laying his head on a chopping block. But he didn't flinch, even before Nero. And you read his last words in 2 Timothy chapter 4. I have fought a good fight. I have kept the faith. There is therefore led up for me a crown of righteousness. He's not going to give in. He has the hope of glory in his soul. This gospel that he professed and preached, he sealed with his own blood as a contender for the faith. There's one more area that I haven't really developed, but I was in the prayer meeting tonight and it struck me like a lightning bolt, an appreciation for this man as a man of prayer. We want to know what we ought to be as men of prayer. 
Just take a look at Paul on his knees. And some of the letters that he writes, he talks about being on his knees for individual churches, for particular needs. He was undoubtedly a man of prayer and depended on the grace of God and depended on the power of God to work in his life. I've painted with a big brush tonight, but I think you will see the wisdom of God choosing the vessel. I don't think we could say that God made a mistake when he called Paul the Apostle or Saul of Tarsus to be his apostle. But we appreciate that Saul was not his own man. He was called to do God's work. Having set all this out tonight to appreciate the man, there are three lessons I would bring to your attention. Number one, God chooses the vessels for the work. God chooses the vessels. You will never be something God does not want you to be. It is therefore your duty and my duty to be on our knees and do as this man did and say, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? God sets the agenda, not men. We see that there is here in this pattern a very definite call to the gospel ministry so that if there is a man here called to preach the gospel, you can do nothing else. You dare not say no. It's God's will. And if that is made abundantly clear to you, then God is calling. He opens the door, and he shuts doors. Young people, I say to you tonight, whatever, whatever walk of life you pursue, Whatever you may do with your life, you've got to ask, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? Not everyone's going to preach. Not everyone's going to be a missionary. Not everyone's going to serve the Lord full time. But everyone must say, I am in the will of God. And the Lord has created me, and he has a work for me to do. I've got to pray that I be in the place that God will open the door. Secondly, God's vessels are brought to a place of surrender. Who could ever have imagined that this madman, thirsting for the blood of Christians, could become the main character of New Testament Christianity? But by God's grace, he was brought to surrender. In the verse 6, you'll notice... The change, the surrender in this man's life. Chapter 9, verse 6. And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? This must happen in every life, surrender. It's not what you want to do, it's what God would have you to do. And then you're ready for instruction. And God will have an Ananias for you. There will be a period of waiting, as there was for Saul, three days. But God gave the word to Ananias to go to Saul and to speak to him. And the message came to him very clearly. But there had to be surrender. When you compare the dedication of the average Christian 
with that of the Apostle Paul today, it dwarfs into nothing. Today, people want to take discipline out of discipleship. They want to take sacrifice out of service. They want to take practical out of personal religion. And they want to put personal pleasure as the name of the game. Alas, the very use of that terminology should make us shiver from the top of our vertebrae to our tailbone, the name of the game. Gospel power, the real power of knowing the living Christ, always leads a Christian to surrender, to surrender. And you think of what this man had to surrender. And there wasn't a word about it. There wasn't even an argument. There was, what wilt thou have me to do? And if you have an argument with God, if you have a debate with God day in and day out what you're doing with your life, and you know what you're doing is wrong, you're living in disobedience. And I'm talking now about the plain, well-known areas that are the will of God for every Christian. But you're not doing them. You've become lazy and careless and sloppy about your walk with God. You're not doing them. The Lord's saying to you, get your house in order. And there'll be an Ananias to give you further direction. Then also, thirdly, God's vessels are always fitted and filled for the task. When we meet Paul later, way later, in 1 Corinthians 15, we find his testimony is this. I am what I am by the grace of God. He makes no boast of his own personal achievements or abilities. He puts it all down to the supply of God's grace in his own life. And here is hope for every one of us. Here, it is not our talents and fleshly gifts, but it is God's great grace to fill the vessel. And if we are willing to become an empty vessel, surrendered, God will give us the grace to serve him and give us his power to go through with him. I wonder tonight, are you hungry for that power and that grace in your life? You may try to make the excuse and say, but I have these limitations and I have these disabilities and I have these situations. The question is not what situation you're in. The question is not what gifts and talents you have. The question is not how, uh, uh, what measure of, of anything you have. The question is, where are you a vessel? Now, I bring you back to Acts 9 and verse 15. The word of the Lord to Ananias for Paul. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel, for I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. We are made vessels and then fitted by his power. We just need to be willing clay in the potter's hands, and then the Lord can use us. And so begin where the apostle began, what wilt thou have me to do? 
The Christian who seriously asks that question will never, ever be set aside. There will soon be an Ananias at your door with the message from God. Paul did stand before kings. Paul did preach to Gentiles. And this word was fulfilled in his life because he was God's chosen vessel. It is an exciting thing to be God's chosen vessel. It's a humbling thing, but the boundaries are limitless of what God may be pleased to do with us. But our first priority is to get into the place of surrender and say, Here am I, Lord. What wilt thou have me to do? Let's bow in prayer together, please. Father, we thank thee for this little window into the life of thy servant, the Apostle Paul. O God, we give thee the glory for what thou didst do in that man's life. For every book that he authored, every church that he planted, every soul that was converted, every enemy that was blown away by his contending for the faith. O God, we pray that thou wilt give us the Holy Spirit tonight and make us thy vessel. See us on the altar lay. Lord, we would surrender tonight ourselves. And I pray for any soul here tonight that is struggling with the world or with disobedience or sin, that thou wilt give them the victory, that thou wilt make them to be good and faithful servants of the Lord. O oh God, we want thy power in our lives. We want thy blessing. We want to be an instrument in thy hand for thy glory. Bless us now, Lord, right now. Let thy hand be upon us now. Let the Holy Spirit hover over us now. And let us go home strengthened, revived, and the vessel of the Lord. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. Thank you for joining us on the program today. As we give thanks to the Lord this Thanksgiving season, I want to thank you for your faithful listening to this program and for those who have supported with their gifts. It's timely to consider supporting this program with a Thanksgiving gift. We are presently airing these programs on 10 stations right across Canada. Some are on Sunday mornings, and others are Monday to Friday. From time to time, we remind you as our listeners that if you are blessed through these programs, please consider helping us with the cost of airtime to get the gospel out to you and throughout much of Canada. You can check out our donation button on our church website, ltbs.ca. For all the information on how to donate by e-transfer, PayPal, or by mail-in check, go to ltbs.ca. The mailing address is LTBS, 
5890 58th Avenue, Surrey, B.C. V3S 1M6. Thank you for your support, large or small. May the Lord bless you and keep you in His care, and above all, save souls through the gospel of His Son, as we preach it on these airwaves each week. For information or pastoral help, go to our website, ltbs.ca, or just give me a call at 604-897-2040. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. Have a blessed Thanksgiving week.